the my top chicks and we will eat on eat on the weekly dish Welcome to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And we are here with you on, I mean, we always talk about the it's weather. Saturday. I know. It's Saturday. We start out by talking King, about the weather. I got to tell you, I'm not prepared for 11 <laughs> degrees. When I left my house this morning, it was 11 degrees. I came this back. This is not January. Yeah, I came, I came back from, when I left, it was like 55. Yeah. I had a, a vest on. And when I came back, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have my gloves out. I had to get the coat. I am just like, I don't know. And it's, I'm fine, like with the snow. I thought that was beautiful. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. This is the year we have bought snowmobiles. Did I tell you that? Yeah. That uh, I bought a snowmobile for my husband for his 60th birthday. That's nice. He's so excited. He, you got a sled. <laughs> he, like, we got home on a Thursday. He left on Friday to go pick it up. Mm hmm. Uh, some and I and he picked it up and then I'm like so how is it he goes I don't know the guy didn't really tell me anything about it it was used and he's like and I don't have a clue how to use it so I'm going to my friend's house right now and he's going to show me what to do oh my god <laughs> but it's like he's so excited because he got good. a new toy yeah those I'm so scared those things go so fast yeah I was like okay we're not going past like I don't know 30 35 they go like 80 yeah yeah I'm not doing that it's like a motorcycle but it's like on snow. Yeah, we have motorcycles too. Yeah, I don't I know say, how I ended up. I am not a risky person, and I ended up with this man that yet needs all these woman risky things. This morning turned a U-turn in front of an LRT train. <laughs> you know what, you guys? Person. I did. Here's the thing about that, that too. The heck out of me. Uh, right, we work on uh, University and 280, yeah. and <laughs> this is the Green Line here, and there are a lot of uh, pedestrian accidents and stuff right at our intersection. Oh, really? And I yeah. and you know you think like oh how did they not see the train coming well I didn't see the train coming I was not paying attention I went to take a left mm-hmm. I turned literally right in front of the train yeah you did so there's that there's that but I am uh, I'm back from a road trip yeah you had a good time I did I went down the Ventura Highway if you want to hear more Ventura details about highway. the trip I was singing that in the sunshine there is a real hotel California too I don't know if you knew that a real like place. Well, don't you think they made that after the song? Yeah, but okay. I thought the song came first. <laughs> Chicken or the egg, No, you know. because the song is actually about like a drug den, like a basically trapped into the uh, whole psychotic phase. Those are just that, words, Stephanie. Okay. Just words. <laughs> um, yeah, we drove. It's funny because, funny and sad, where we drove, all these fires are starting now because we were driving down the 101 on the Ventura Highway. We drove, we went from Las Vegas to Death Valley to Yosemite to uh highway one through big sur i love highway one and big sur yeah That's down my favorite uh to santa barbara we stopped at santa rosa then back on the ventura highway and back to las vegas to home so we just did a ton of driving but it, it is interesting so you can just see a in yosemite you can see where they've had all these fires so you can see what fire does to a forest yeah but i mean it it is you're in the desert. It is so dry out there. Yeah. And then it's weird. I don't remember where we were, but we came upon oh, Santa Clara, Santa Clarita. 
all of a sudden I'm in a Driscoll strawberry farm. Yeah. And there's Brussels sprouts and lettuces and I'm in this irrigated wonderland. And then literally right out of that on the highway, the next, like not even the next exit, I'm in a dust storm. Like where we can't even see. Yeah. We almost have to pull off the road because it's so bad. Yeah. It's just, it's such a weird mix of topography and sometimes you're in the mountains and sometimes you're in the desert and then there's the ocean. But it made me feel like, wow, you know, we grow so much of our food in California. Yeah. It's crazy. Like not having water is going to be a big problem for us long term. Like you don't think about that on the everyday when you're in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes and snow and water. And I just, I was like, wow. And, and yeah, cold is sucky. You know, 11 degrees (laughs) degrees for six months out of the year isn't awesome. But imagine what that feels like to all of a sudden wake up, hear like chunks of stuff falling on your roof and realizing that your neighborhood's on fire and you got to get in your car or run. Yeah. I can't even imagine the terror of that. It's no, I had a friend. I I had a friend actually in uh, during the Napa Valley fires. Yeah, she lived in uh, she lived up in that way, and she literally was that. It was the situation where they kind of had been watching, and I think that's the thing that people don't understand because we're all like, "Oh my God, you should have known, you should have done." Yeah, but it it turns on a dime if the wind changes direction. It goes faster than you can possibly imagine, and she said they thought they were safe. And they were watching it from a distance, and all of a sudden they realized. And it's not like there's someone telling you, okay, now you need to go. Yeah. There's no siren like we have tornado sirens. There's nothing other than the sense of, oh, my God, wait, that's coming this way. Yeah. And it's not broadcast, although they are doing their efforts to kind of talk about it. But still, it's it's not it's not the same thing as we think. And she basically, they left their house with their kids, their animals, and like a couple photo albums and the computer. And the the clothes on their back. There's no time to be like, well, I'm going to put this in a box and put yeah. this in a box. Otherwise, you're doing that all the, every day. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it's stressful. So that's a good thing to be thankful for is that we don't have at least, you know, these sweeping wildfires. We do have snow. We do have tornadoes. But the wildfires, we don't really have to worry too hard about. No, thank goodness. Um, uh, just kind of telling you a little, if you went to, um, this is going to be a little random today. Sorry, folks. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um if you went to a restaurant in Las Vegas and the tagline was globally water inspired. Globally water inspired? Yes. What would understand. you be That's thinking you'd be grammatically eating? Grammatically correct. It was the weirdest. Globally water inspired doesn't make like I don't understand. What I, I was like I I I Who walked it? past it. It's somewhere in the Mirage. But it's what's the restaurant? I can't remember. Aqua maybe something. <laughs> I walked past it like 5 times and the fifth time I walked past it I looked at Kurt and I said, "So, if we go and eat there and it's globally water inspired, like yeah. what kind of food are we going to be Aquanox? eating? Yeah, that was it. At the Venetian? Yeah. He goes, we're going to be eating fish. I'm like, what is like, is there global fish? I mean, well, the oceans are, fish, but... well, you have how many oceans? Seven? Of course they're global. Of course. It's called global water cuisine. Yeah. What is that? It's the dumbest tagline I've ever heard. Global water cuisine. And I couldn't wait to ask you. Yeah, See, you're as confused as I am. They didn't want to have it be seafood. But yeah, it says Aquinox is the Forbes travel guide, four-star award-winning restaurant and bar located in the Venetian, serving seasonal, fresh, and rare seafood sourced from around the world. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I just thought, I was thinking about uh, Tim McKeon thinking, huh, I wonder if Tim McKee worked at a global, what is it again? Global. It says global water cuisine. Okay. Cause I was global water inspired with something I read on yeah. walking by. Yeah. I'm sure it said that w- global water cuisine, water cuisine instead of seafood. 
Yeah. So that's they just decided to say water cuisine. Because maybe they have now like, we say like brands of seaweed. I well, don't that's know. That's like someone who changes, who they have changed the name of sandwiches now to handhelds. Have you noticed this? No. This is a menu thing as well. You no longer have a menu of sandwiches or, and burgers. They just call them handhelds. That's weird. That's a thing. I don't like it. It's all over the place. I don't like it. <laughs> We're going to have to do our trends watch stuff yeah. at the end of the, at, in December. Handheld and, and globally and global water, water cuisine. cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what you eat when you're in a camper van? What do you eat? You eat risotto. Rice. How do you make risotto in a camper van? Because it has a stove, oh. like a propane stove. I still think that would be like a long, that would be long to make risotto. It's you, not. You would think that that would be wasting your propane. Like, I mean, that would be a lot of long time on versus like grilled cheese sandwiches where I thought you were going. Probably. <laughs> See, this is why I'm not a real camper. I'm not going to lie. I spent three you nights in the camper van camper. and it was great. We did. I'm sure it was amazing. But I'm just saying like, I would have been like, all right, we can't waste the propane. So let's quickly make these like grilled cheese sandwiches. No, Done. We made risotto twice. Yeah. We made sausage risotto once. Oh. And then the the sad night where we weren't really thinking we were going to camp. And then we camped and it was too far away from the grocery store. So we made risotto with arborio rice, Parmesan cheese and water. That's all we had. Oh. It was good though. Sitting at the campfire in yeah. a mug, you know, I mean, as long it as was you had the parm. You're we good. laid the base, yeah. and we had plenty of rum. So really, oh, that was all that mattered. You were just getting a starch going. Then you were just creating the base. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, California, though, God bless for those fires. It was an amazing adventure. If you want to hear more about it, I did do a podcast. You did do a podcast. I didn't listen in, but and podcasts, you know, what they do is they take this radio show, they podcast hour one, so you can listen to that episode. They podcast hour two, and then we always have a bonus episode Steph's got another bonus episode coming this week with her yeah. and Molly who by the way I should say thank you to for filling in for me while I was gone thanks Molly thanks mom um we've got a great show today we're going to talk a lot about things that are happening in turkey world getting prepped um Steph's got a bunch of information about turkey I've got a bunch of information if you want to order and order ahead we've got uh cookies today I know it seems kind of early it is it was hard for me to like accept it and allow it to happen okay so I almost we'll have- kicked him out <laughs> We're talking with Lee uh, Svidek and Rick Lee Nelson. Dean and Rick Nelson. Okay. We're talking with them about um, the Star Tribune cookie book, which I feel like, and I don't think I can say this to them because I'll sound like a weirdo, but I feel like we helped launch their book. We did not. I feel like we did. I know so you want to believe that, but we really We'll did talk not. with that about them. <laughs> talk with them about that when we come back on the Weekly Dish presented by Red Rabbit and Red Cow. Welcome back, everybody, Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's only a few days before Thanksgiving. There were so many Christmas trees no! in Las Vegas. I was like, wow, we haven't even like gotten the... They said pumpkins and Christmas trees in one display. See, why you have to give the feast its due. I know, and I am very conscious of that because of you. I know. I actually I'm, said to I Kurt... I think a lot of people... <laughs> March would be rant. upset that we're precluding the feast. Yes, it is hard. And I know that this is... Because it is earlier this year, because Thanksgiving is early this year. Is it year. because it does feel like it's, it's coming the 22nd tomorrow? Second versus, you know, oftentimes it's like the twenty sixth or seventh and and then they always say about oh it's so late. So this year, of course, I think they think it's early, but it's the thing about it is that it is um I think it gives the Christmas marketers a feel that like, oh, since it's it's really only two weeks from now we can just start our stuff. Yeah. Which I still don't think is okay. So are there, I just don't need two months full of Christmas. That's my thing is I don't want to get sick of Christmas. I love Christmas, 
But I just, I don't want to get sick of it. And if I have to do it for two full months, by the time the actual holiday gets here, I'll be like, ugh. Have you heard a Christmas song yet? Like in a store or... Not in a store. I, mean, I haven't I don't, heard one yet either. I, mean, I don't go to the stores as much. You know what I mean? Like it hasn't yeah. been in the grocery stores, but I have, I mean, I see the ads everywhere. I can't stop the flipping Old Navy and the Gap and like all I haven't. of those people. They make me crazy. Yeah. So I, God bless you. Um, but I will, you know, the hard part is, of course, that the feast, I think, is for most of us so top of mind because, you know, a lot of us are cooking it or we're, we're foodies. Let's we're face it. it. So I do want to let you guys know there are some deadlines that you need to be aware of. Yes. Let's talk about that because we're going to do two Thanksgiving deadline segments here because yeah. we've got a lot of information for you. Right. Um, and so um, there's a couple of things because I think a lot of people think, well, I'll just, you know, maybe you waffle with your Thanksgiving and you're thinking, I just don't know. Maybe we'll cook. Maybe we'll order in. I was actually at a, at a function the other night where they were still discussing whether they would cook or order their turkey. And I think that that's fine. And there are places that you can definitely go kind of up to the minute and do it. But the good ones, let me just tell you, Brasa already sold out. I saw that. Done. Already gone. You cannot get Brasa this year anymore for your Christmas. I saw that. Uh, your Thanksgiving order. But good news, you guys. There's plenty of other places. First of all, before you think about the full meal deal, I do want to remind you that if you're going to order your turkey, especially from the co-ops or from Ferndale or anything like that, most of the co-ops have until next weekend. So you still have this week to kind of get done with it. Um, the Ferndale Turkey Fest is next weekend as well. Turkey Fest. You That's it. We've Real, had them on before. Yes. I love these Ferndale turkeys and I like that Ferndale farm. It's a family farm. Mm-hmm. They do uh, organic turkeys and you can walk or you can go to the fest and then you can get a turkey at the fest. And it's fun. It's like a day of activities and there's turkeys out there. Yeah. And you, rawr, can, rawr, rawr. you can pick up your turkey there and then they also have a ton of other accoutrements. Like they have other makers that are doing like spices and jellies yeah. and jams and you know things and they have that a whole little market there. They sell salad girl there. I know. Yeah, that's a little, so that's down in Cannon River Falls, I believe, or Cannon Falls. Um, isn't that right? Where it is? Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. Yep. And so that uh, you know that's on the 18th. Um, so that's a big fun thing. Okay. So just letting you know some of the things. So Anamali's barbecue. Let's talk about what let's John because Brasa's done. So yeah. if you're like the Brasa person where you like kind of the roasted turkey, some of the, the southern dinner. inspired sides, the whole thing where you're just going to pick it up, this is your plan B. This is your plan B, which is and and this one I would re- I would get on soon because you're going to have to reserve it. But he's doing John Whipley is our friend who opened Anamali's Barbecue Company, which is of course behind Able Brewing in Northeast. It's a truck, but it's obvious it's a huge truck. It's not. I mean, it's a big barbecue shop. Yep. Um, and basically, he's doing a smoked dinner, a smoked turkey dinner, feeds eight to ten people, and it in- includes a fourteen to sixteen pound uh, free range organic smoked turkey, wild rice pilaf, spiced and roasted carrots. Homemade gravy, cranberry, cranberry relish, and a pumpkin pie. All of that, you guys, for two hundred bucks. It's a good deal. I'm sorry, but I spend more on that. <laughs> I spend like way more than that on probably that exact same amount of food. Where, as I was researching, like where can you pick up a meal and who's got the sides? It was like, wow, this is so much cheaper than I can buy it for myself. I know. And just to do it myself, yeah, it was surprising. It's actually one of those, yeah, it's a little strange. But this is also a super high quality, obviously, 
Um, and you get to pick it up on the Wednesday, the 21st, from 3 to 7 p.m. You can just pop over on Wednesday, go grab your stuff, bring it home, you know, tuck it away, and then crack it open the next day. Anamales is the barbecue truck that I keep talking about that on Instagram, I keep seeing these gigantic, beautiful platters of food on yeah. these food trays. Mm-hmm. That's the place, you guys. So if yeah. you want to pick up a feast already done for you, that'd be a great option. So they, and I don't, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have like a, you have to pick it up by, or you have to order it by this day, but I think there's a limited amount. Yeah. Until it sells out. So I would just hurry up on that one. If I were you, um, another one last year, the, um, Minnesota barbecue company, which is the travail guys, they did, they're about to open. They're like imminently opening their barbecue spot in Northeast. You can pick up just the Thanksgiving smoked Turkey for 80 bucks. If you want to do that, or you could add on the sides for $70. So a total of 150 bucks for all of it, if you want. Um, and there, that's a, the sides will feed about four to six people. And they have, uh, ideas of like a cornbread stuffing, <clears throat> excuse me, green beans, rolls, potato au gratin, cauliflower salad with pancetta and herbs. They've got roasted carrots, apple crisp, all that kind of stuff. You have to place that order by Sunday, November 17th. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Both of those places, Anamales and Minnesota Barbecue, are doing a smoked turkey. Yeah. How would that be different than like a roast turkey just in the flavor profile? Like, I, I mean, I think you're going to get a smoky. If you've ever had like barbecue chicken, I think that's what you're looking at without yeah. the sauce. I mean, you can still have it without it's. I don't think it's like a. I mean, personally, I think a smoked turkey is a lovely thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, from a flavor profile, if you're serving a smoked turkey with your gravies and your. I think it still works. I think it's just a light smoke. It's not like, um, like I was saying, it's not like a big old chewing on a big log or anything like that. But I think about those, those chickens that they have, like at the barbecue places, you know, like a rotisserie. Yeah. Yeah. Those are usually kind of the same idea. Mm -hmm. They're doing it in the smoker. Yeah. Um, And then I thought about milk jam creamery pies. Which are... Let's talk about that. Ice cream pies. So spectacular. Here's an idea. Instead of doing like your regular pie, you know, how about doing a pumpkin ice cream with graham cracker crust, toasted pumpkin seeds, and salted caramel on the top? How about that? (laughs) Or a pecan pie, a molasses ice cream with graham cracker crust, brown butter, caramel, and toasted pecans. I like that idea. I know. And here's a good one. If you do have, let's say you have a vegan in the mix, you know, and you're trying to you know, help them out. They do have a vegan pumpkin ice cream uh, pie as well with graham cracker, crust, toasted pumpkin seeds and apple butter caramel. Numb. I know. So it's kind of a nice idea. They, you have to order these guys. Um, Let's see. I think they're like 27 bucks around there. And I believe you have to order them. The pickup date will either be the 20th or the 21st, but I think you have to order them by next week. Okay. Yeah. So by next weekend is when I think, um, but you can pick up that you can pick your pickup times. You, you know, can- what's awesome about that. Hmm. Like just as a business, cause I feel for these people like, okay, so you're a bakery and you're going to have to make 26 pies or whatever. Ice cream pies. Like you could make them in advance. Oh God. Yeah. And just put them in the freezer. Yeah. So I think how many more you could sell. Yeah. That's kind of the beauty of it. I love that. And I also love the fact that for me, like having, I don't have a lot of stuff in my freezer during Thanksgiving. It, yeah. It's, it's Excellent. everywhere else. Yes. But then like, so that having that just sitting in the freezer is kind of a nice option. And like, if you're having like the dinner at like two or, you know, if you eat early, yeah. like 
that's a good like dinner time after the Sammy snack. Yeah, <laughs> I am not a two o'clock dinner person. Just to be clear, when do you eat the meal? We have cocktails at four, and then the meal comes when it comes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, Usually around five. One year, didn't you eat at like eight thirty? Yes, one year we had just a <laughs> malfunction, and I believe that it was like, oh my god, we were all so drunk. It was just that's what you said. Like, yeah, just, we were just by that point. I think we were just absolutely in the wind because I think it. I think I misunderstood the turkey timing. <laughs> And I, I I don't remember what it was, if it was my oven or something, but there was something went amiss and I basically had to hold all the sides while we kept cooking the turkey. And that's when you cut it down, you know, there's the tip. You got to cut that sucker down and then do it separately. Right. Because right. there. Um, and just so I can, I, I'll let you guys know, we'll talk a little bit more about this next week, but I am going to do something totally new with the turkey this year. Totally new. Walking okay. away from the both brines. Because I did last, the two years ago, yeah. I mean, I've done the bourbon black tea brine forever. And then last year I did the dry brine. Yep. Totally doing something else. Have you been practicing? Because nope. I saw. I know. I did practice and we'll talk about that at top two in hour two. But, okay. Um, I did. Yeah. I just, I'm just telling you that I'm doing something. Uh, and, we'll and you're talk not going to tell week. me till next week. Okay. Not till next week because I want to make sure that I am going to do it. I'm going to, I'm reading up a little bit more to make sure that I can. Okay. So, but the last thing I want to leave you with before we uh, take a quick break, you guys, is that um, if you do have an Alexa, the Butterball Turkey Talk line, which is the, you know, the 1-800 number that they usually have, they have built an Alexa skill so that you can use Alexa to access the Butterball Turkey Talk line. So here's, if you just, you can say like, hey, Alexa, tell me about if my turkey is done yet yeah or you could say they have 50 people that are going to be taking over a thousand no they're going to have a hundred thousand incoming calls Mm -hmm. and ten thousand texts about turkey about turkey because that's when the exact question you asked me this morning actually was do you ever worry about how many pounds per person like the the (laughs) i did ask you that this morning the last minute of like wait a minute i've got 10 people coming is my bird big enough and that's a moment where you think well should i make hamburger or should I do meatballs as well on the side or you know what I mean because you think there won't be enough food at the table which is probably the worst thing that can happen um yeah have you ever been my mother-in-law always makes exactly enough oh and I always am panicking and like whispering to my husband we're not gonna have enough do you we you have something called the FHB what is family hold back when I feel like we're at a function and there may not be like more people showed up or we underestimated the food, we have what's called the FHB. And we look at everybody in the family and I go, FHB. And they know what that means. They do not eat. They or you do- eat like one yep. or half. If or- I say FHB, they know they got to pull back and pare down and then I will make them whatever they want later. But like for the moment. We're in the FHB zone. We've got FHB. I will say my mother-in-law does it exactly right every time. One, that's like, magical. It, if we sit down and we're having pasta and I watch her put the pasta in the pot, I'm having anxiety watching her because she's measuring it out with her scale for exactly the amount of per person. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, we're not going to have enough food. Yeah. And then after the we end do. of the meal, every single lettuce leaf, every single noodle is gone. Yeah. But then I think, well, maybe it's just gone because that was what there was. So there was no more to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, But I'm always making an extra thing. I know. But I like leftovers. So there it is. Yeah. All right. We're going to keep talking turkey. But first, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. And then we are going to talk to Heather from Second Harvest Heartland and talk a little bit about giving back. So we will take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
You know, during this holiday season, a lot of people think, you know, you you start to think about being grateful and about gratitude and you start to think about giving back, which is a lovely way to be. And one of the best ways we always think about giving back is, of course, is to aim your dollars and your time to Second Harvest Heartland. We have Heather on the line with us. How are you doing, Heather? Good morning. Great. How are you doing? Great. We are so great. And uh, we thank you for being here as a representative of one of the one of our favorite uh, charities, of course, in the Metro, because you guys do such great work in feeding hungry people. This must be a big time of year for you. Oh, yeah. This is our busy season. Yeah. (laughs) And 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 ramping up really quickly is is this coming week's Give to the Max Day. And we're really excited to have our second annual Pack to the Max event, which I know is what we're talking about this morning. But, yeah, this is our busy time of year. Like you said, everyone's thinking about giving back. And, you know, certainly with Thanksgiving around the corner, you know, how can I give back and help people that may not be able to put a full meal on their table? And this becomes a really great time to get involved, volunteering, making a donation, and really building that awareness that people still need support in this time of year. Yeah, I mean, that is, I know that everyone talks about how the economy is so much better and everyone feels like they're doing great, but there's still many, many people who are struggling to just get a meal on the table. And I feel like we forget that. Can I just ask, like, the basic question? How does Second Harvest Heartland get food to people in the Twin Cities that need it? Do you serve it? Do you provide it? What's your mechanism? Sure. So we, as a food bank, we're kind of like a large food distributor. We have folks that are constantly sourcing large donations of food, and that can come from folks like General Mills, folks consumer brands, you know, in terms of the form of cereal, packaged goods, or it can come in the form of, you know, fresh produce from Minnesota farmers. We've really created some innovative relationships with farmers across uh, the state to, to get that excess produce. So things like carrots, potatoes, onions, apples, things like that are, are coming through our doors at the moment. We also work with grocery retailers. So over 500 retailers across our 59 county service area, they have excess food, you know, food that maybe isn't quite perfect that, you know, goes out on their sure. vegetable and fruit shelves or, um, or you know, fresh meat, dairy, all of those good things. We have created relationships so we can pick up that excess food to the tune of more than 30 million pounds of food in one year. So it's a huge source of food. We're making those relationships. We're gathering those large donations of food, and then we distribute it out. So when you think of the food shelf in your community, about 75% of the food they're then giving out to their clients is coming because of Second Harvest Heartland, the work that we're doing, the connections we've formed, the donations we've received. So the foods that you are getting when you're at a food shelf, they're like canned goods, and they're also produce, and then you, the person that receives these goods, turns them into food on your end. Correct. Yeah. So they, so they're, you know, taking that home and, you know, we believe in, in making sure that people have choice, you know, so when they go to that local food shop, they're seeing a variety of great foods that are going to help them prepare a healthy meal at home. I love it. Isn't Thank you great? for the explanation I there. I just I, kind of always wondered. Well, I take it for granted that everybody knows what you guys do. And so that's, that's a, that was a really great moment to be able to explain that. But Heather, Definitely. tell us a little bit about pack to the, or yeah, the pack to the max event and the give to the max day and how that affects you guys. Definitely. So, you know, Give to the Max Day, Minnesota's biggest one-day giving drive for many charities, Second Harvest Heartland included. Last year, we added a fun element to it called Pack to the Max. So we are volunteering or having volunteer groups come in for 24 hours, which seems crazy and seems onerous, but it works. And we're really excited to repeat that again this year, especially because we have a new facility. We purchased a new facility in Brooklyn Park, and this is going to be our facility food bank of the future. So in spring of 2020, we, we hope to open the doors and really have a large expanded space to be able to invite in uh, volunteers as well as 
bring more food into our doors and get that to the people that need it. But through Packs of the Max, we have two-hour volunteer shifts starting at midnight on Thursday the 15th, going all the way to midnight um, that evening. And we have themes this year, which is fun. So if you are up and ready to go between 12 midnight and 6 a.m., we need you. <laughs> and the theme is pajama party. So folks can come volunteer <laughs> in your pajamas. Where else can you do that? We think that will be a lot of fun. Nice. That's um, awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> And then um, last year, you know, with 250 volunteers throughout the event, we packed 12,000 meals. This year, our goal is 540 volunteers, again, because it was brand-new space, and, and the goal is packing 20 million meals. And we think we'll hit that, but we need people's support, and we need folks to sign up and come participate with us and have a lot of fun. If you come, like, what exactly are you going to be doing, and how long sure. is a shift? Yep. So we have two-hour shifts, and um, it's, it's, as I mentioned before, you know, with the large donations of food we receive, we need those repacked into quantities that are easy enough for our food shelf or other hunger relief partners to hand out to folks that need it to bring home. So, you know, it could be huge 2,000-pound totes of potatoes. We're packing those into five-pound bags. It could be bags of carrots. It could be bagging rice. So we have a variety of things that need to be done. It all hinges on, you know, what's in the warehouse at the moment sure. and, and what the needs are of the community. Last year, I, you guys, I, last year I volunteered at Pack to the Max and I was there for an hour or so or maybe two hours. I can't remember, but that's the point. I can't remember. We just stood around and we were doing the rice thing and mm-hmm. it was where we would pour this huge pallet of rice into these little bags and you, we were weighing them out. And it kind of mm-hmm. was like, you know, it was like obviously super chatty and we were just kind of having a great time, but it was fun to have a little competition of like how close could you get with your scoops and like, <laughs> you know, who had the most, who was doing it the fastest. And it's just, it was a lot of good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's what we try to make it a fun experience. And I think, like you said, that camaraderie, that competition factor while you're doing it makes it a lot of fun. And hopefully folks, when they leave at the end of their shift, feel like, you know what, I've done something today to help people in our community. Is is this something that a family could do with their children, and is there an age limit? Sure. So kids as young as eight can come and volunteer. So, yeah, definitely. We'd love to have kids come out, you know, especially, as I mentioned, we've got a pajama party theme. We also have a pirate takeover theme. Um showing your teeth spirit or even, you know, coming as your as your favorite hung- hero and, and being that hunger hero. So we're trying to make it a lot of fun. So perfect opportunity to bring kids and families. Yeah, right. it's a lot of fun. And if you have a bunch of group of friends and it's just, you know, it's a good time, especially if you're in those wee hours of the morning, you know, looking for something to do other than, you know, pacing the floor. <laughs> if you're up in the morning like I am or, you know, doing a late night fun thing. This is a really good. Uh, if this you have is teenagers, really too, they back. love to stay up late oh, and God. do weird stuff. As an excuse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, Heather, also, you guys, I mean, this is I was just telling Hanson that a lot of times people, you know, around this year, this time of year, do a lot of stuff and they try to volunteer and they do this. And that's great. But we really do need people all year long. And you guys have events or you do other things all year, too. Is there other things people can like forecast forward? Oh, definitely. So, you know, quickly, as you know, we've talked about Thanksgiving's right around the corner. There's Walk to End Hunger at Mall of America. So um, if you'd like to get out early and, and get your walking in or, you know, do that as well as giving back, this is a great opportunity for you. Not only Second Harvest Heartland benefits, but other hunger relief partners in the community and really simple and easy and a lot of fun. As you mentioned earlier, another uh, great way to bring your kids and family along to something before, you know, you sit at home and you're making your own Thanksgiving meal. It's a really great way to give back. But, yeah, we have volunteer opportunities all year round in all varieties of ways. You know, food packing certainly our main source of it, but we have events where we need volunteers. We have, you know, other um, more direct contact with clients needs that we need volunteers. So there's a lot of different great ways to get involved and, and a lot of great information on our website, but certainly folks that are happy to really connect you to the thing that feels most important to you and how you want to give back.
Awesome. All right, so we're going to put a link up to Pack to the Max Day. I think that is that just right on the website? It is, yep. Just head out to our twoharvest.org website, and you'll see all the information there, as well as, you know what, consider making a financial donation. Yeah. Because with financial support, we're able to do the great work that we do. Right. If you, you guys, literally, if you can't make it to one of these wonderful events you still want to support, you know, $1 provides three meals. All Think right. about that. That's, that's <coughs> ridiculous how easy that, that is. That is great. Yeah. So thanks so much, Heather. We appreciate you being here, and we appreciate what you guys do. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for spreading the great word. We love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Second Harvest Heartland. Have we're lucky to have them in our community. Yeah, I know. It's kind of wonderful. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, you guys. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, so make sure that you give us a call, 651-641-1071, or you can send us a little note on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, however you need to do it. But uh, we'll answer any questions. We'll give you tips, tricks, whatever you want, recommendations. We are going to be here for you. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on 103. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are ready for your calls. This is like our own live turkey line every week. That's right. 651-641-1071. You can ask us any questions. Better about, than Butterball. That's right. Where to eat, what to cook, any questions yeah. about recipes we've talked about. You can always follow us too. Stephanie's Dish. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Weekly Dish MN on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We also have the Weekly Dish Instant Potters. And there's a lot of great Instant Pot recipes for mashed potatoes and things like that for Thanksgiving. So you can check that out. And Stephanie is Stephanie March on Instagram and Steph March on Twitter. And we are really always here for you people. So uh, Tina has a question for us today. Good morning, Tina. How are you doing? Hi, Tina. Oh, hi. Sorry, I had a little glitch there. Um, no problem. I have a question. I missed your cookbook swap, so I was really disappointed. But since you were, um, were talking a lot about cookbooks, cookbooks week before, have you guys come across a good gluten-free cookbook? My oldest daughter was just got the celiac diagnosis and is incredibly gluten intolerant. So I just haven't come across anything. that maybe you guys would have a recommendation. I have an idea, um, and it is the Bread in Five gluten-free version. Okay. This is uh, Zoe Francois and Jeff Hertzberg. They are one of the people that sort of pioneered this baking of bread where you make the dough and you put it in your refrigerator and it rises in the refrigerator and you can keep it in this big bucket for up to two weeks. And then each time you want to make something, you just pull off a hunk or you can like freeze dough balls for pizza. And there's oh, yeah. the whole, first of all, it's super easy to do this. If you guys like bread the just the bread in five concept is phenomenal you yep. again you mix it all up in a big bucket like an ice cream bucket and then anytime you want fresh bread it's in your refrigerator and you just throw it in the oven and make a loaf but their mm. gluten-free cookbook is really amazing good i will look for it for sure thank you so much um, um i was also going to say there's there's a couple other ones that are you know just in general because that's mostly breads and I yeah mean, it's I, breads and that's what you're kind of looking for but then there's other things um that are just, there's a, not just baking, obviously baking is the biggest thing, but there's a place, there's one called Flavor Flowers, and it's okay. a new, it's a new way to bake with teff, buckwheat, sorghum, whole and ancient mm-hmm. grains, and nut flowers, so that it's a little bit also like, you know, just if you're mixing things into food, you know, besides just baking breads, I think. Right. And that's okay. by L.S. Medrish, and she's fabulous and brilliant and all the things. So that's called Flavor. What, what was the author's name again? It's Alice Medrich. And it's called Flavor Flowers. And I think that one was really interesting to kind of read through. Yeah, I think I need a good place to start and just some reading other than just looking online for recipes. Yeah. 
No, those, and you know what's nice is those cooks really kind of delve into uh, the, and that's something about like the recipes online, you kind of dip in and dip out, but the books kind of give you, they kind of set you up with the idea yep. of how they're going to do this and why they do it. And sort of like the depth and breadth is really more available there. Yep. And this is why I called you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Have a great right. one. You too. Bye-bye. Um, 651-641-1071. Um, we got a question from Charlene here, and she says, Hey, I am making homemade spaghetti sauce for my four-year-old's birthday. She said, I've made it many times, but it usually requires me to stay home. Um, sorry, I'm reading this while I'm opening it. It usually requires me to stay home and stir the sauce every half hour. Do you have a trick where we can use the slow cooker uh, to keep it from burning uh, if we're able to be gone and unable to stir? That is a long question, but I do I, have an answer. Okay. If you're just making it for a kid's birthday, was it a daughter, like a kid? Did it say a kid? It's at a four-year-old's birthday. For And you're doing a spaghetti with meat sauce kind yep. of thing? Yep. Yeah, I'm just going to make a real simple one for a four-year-old's birthday. <laughs> I'm not making bolo for that kid. <laughs> Let me just say, that three-hour that three hour bolo, Sunday bolo recipe, probably would be lost on a four-year-old and friends. So I guess I would just like... Brown some meat and throw some tomato sauce in and make it on the fly. Okay, something just happened that I discovered while I was in my car on my phone for 52 hours. Yeah. Because uh, we were driving. You can make spaghetti in the Instant Pot. Spaghetti? Spaghetti and meat sauce or spaghetti and meatballs. Okay? I know. Try to get your mind around this. It makes perfectly cooked spaghetti. And it takes less than 30 minutes. So she could make this for the kids' party if she's got the big Instant Pot. Wait, are you telling me you're putting it all together at one time in there? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Okay. So what you have to, um, the key to it is either to stagger the noodles. So you break the spaghetti noodle in half. Just visualize this. Okay. You make, brown your meat, well, put you your tomato stuff pasta. in. Yeah, you could. You could do like macaroni or you yeah. could do farfalle or like or elbows. Martini. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what they do is you got your tomato sauce or you make your brown your meat, then you put your tomato sauce in. So you get it all saucy, right? Then you break your spaghetti strands in half and you lay them like pickup sticks. You know how you just like throw it in and you make them all and yeah. you, you put that on top and then you instant pot it and it comes out perfectly delicious spaghetti. I'm just showing Stephanie a I picture know. here. Okay. And it's fully cooked. Well, yeah, I'm sure it is because all you're doing is you're steaming it. You're, you're, yeah. You know what I mean? Like not steaming, but, but you're But if you're doing like a kid's party. With a wet heat from the sauce. Itself. Then you just leave it like. I would totally do that. Yeah. yeah. And you can just like uh, naturally release the pot. It'll still stay hot in there. Yeah. Huh. So, that's a great idea. There you go. 651-641-1071. Okay. Where else on the Twin Cities radio can you get this kind of amazing <laughs> knowledge about how to make Super Instant Pot spaghetti for important. your kid's four-year-old birthday? Intel. Hey, you guys, I just want to tell you a quick thing that this weekend, actually today, this afternoon, I will be at uh, Holly Go Fabulous out at the Galleria. If you want to come out, um, I will be out there teaching, talking a little bit more about cookbooks. And at the Barnes & Noble, we're doing a boozy book club where we talk about kind of some of the hot books of the season that are coming or are there. And then I'm just pairing Love them with it. zippers. It's like a $10 ticket. Um, I will say too, our friend made a means. She's a local rapper extraordinaire. She's more than a rapper. She's an instrumentalist. She's a, She's a singer. She's an everything. 
She's a big fan of Weekly Dish. She actually wrote and produced our theme song. Yeah. And she is playing tonight at the Bryant Lake Bowl. So I just want people to know that if you want to check out Maida, uh, she's incredible. She approached us. Literally, we were at like the Mill City Farmer's Market about 10 years ago. Yeah. She was like, she heard us. She was like, I love your show. Can I, can I write a song for you? We were like, yes. Yes. So she produced our theme song. Uh, that is our very own Made of Mains, and you can hear her at the Brant Lake Bowl tonight. We do have another call on the line. It is, I believe her name is Sneva. Hi, Sneva. How are you? Hi, great. I was just going to recommend another cookbook. Um, this one would be for vegans. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called Thug Kitchen. Oh, I have oh, this cookbook. Yeah, Thug Kitchen is good. Yeah, I just, um, my husband was a vegetarian for a long time, and I felt like I'd kind of done everything, and this cookbook gave me new things to do that, you know, made dinner more exciting again. And even though we eat meat again now, we still took so much out of this cookbook. Yeah, it's really, um, you're going to laugh when I say this, Neva. There's like the earnest vegan vegetarian cookbooks that are like, very natural and they're presented in earth tones and then there's this thug life kitchen cookbook which is <laughs> they swear it's graphic bold pictures it's like completely in your face like some tattooed person handing you this vegan meal yeah it's good yes it makes me laugh and there's go-to's like there's smoked almond chickpea salad sandwiches we use that for picnics still today so okay i'm gonna look up that recipe because i've never made that one and i have this cookbook all right thank yeah. you very much Sneva. Awesome. thanks yeah there's a lot one for a lot of you know that's kind of one of those things for this uh, cookbook this session i'm doing is gift giving but that's one of the things we were talking about hostess gifts on the extra podcast which you're going to get later but um the thing about hostess gifts if you want to bring like a bottle of wine to someone or whatever we know what a great idea is to give a cookbook along with it because if this is a person who is cooking you know your whole meal yeah. and you're going for the feast bring them a bottle of wine and a cookbook or better yet a bottle of whiskey and a cookbook because <laughs> that sort of also says thanks like here's a thing which, for you, you know, for later yeah and it's something like i really hope that you can sit down tomorrow and take a chill and just page through a cookbook it if might you, be fun if you miss the cookbook swap i think there's still time today to get tickets for the book club's cookbook swap it's right. happening at that bar in south minneapolis Restaurant, it's today 54th and Penn. so check them out if you're interested in a cookbook swap and you missed ours a few weeks back we're gonna go ahead and take a break and you're listening to the weekly dish we'll be right back thanks to red cow and red rabbit Four red cow locations, two red rabbits. Eat there for Thanksgiving. We'll be right back.